Fall camp season is heating up for the Auburn Tigers. We will recap the first scrimmage that happened over the weekend. And also, let's talk about the beef. Brad, the beef, the big guys on both the offense and defensive side of the ball. Hugh Freeze had lots to say about both of them. Welcome on in to the first ever episode of Blackerby. And Brad, I'm Zach Blackerby. He's Brad Law. And man, Brad, ton of reports coming out of Auburn's first scrimmage about Auburn's quarterback. Sounds like Holden Gurner had a good day. Sounds like Robbie had an incredible throw. Lots of big runs by Auburn's running backs. What was your biggest takeaway from all the action? Biggest takeaway was the creation of competition, and it's there in all of these rooms. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see a position where there's not just a ton of competition. And Coach Free said that he wanted to put guys in adverse situations. He wants guys on this team in his program that will embrace competition rather than run from it. So, you know, if you're not willing to go out there on a 95 degree day where the humidity is a thousand percent and it feels like 200 degrees on the field and battle it out with another guy, you're just, it, it, the fit's not going to be there. So whether it's quarterback, whether it's offensive and defensive line, which I know we're going to talk about today, even in the secondary, uh, guys are battling. And that was, I think, my biggest takeaway from, from Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I was there. I was unable to watch it. I was in the media room. But just walking from the Coliseum parking lot to the media room inside Jordan-Hare Stadium, I'm like, goodness gracious, people are suited up with full pads hitting each other yeah. in this heat. UMass is literally going to melt in a few weeks when they come down for the season opener. Those, those Massachusetts boys are not going to know what this heat is. But, you know, it's so interesting. Whenever you hear, okay, these running backs are absolutely crushing it. It sounds like they were just picking up yardage in these massive chunks. Like, that's great. Yeah. But then, you're like, wait, they could be going up against the starters. That's not good because Auburn's rush defense, uh, we kind of saw it be exposed a little bit, especially from the containment point of view. Yeah. Back at A Day at the end of spring, and they go out and get these edge guys, and it still doesn't appear to be the strength of the defense in any stretch of the imagination. I think it goes back a little bit, Zach, to what kind of fan you are. Are you the, the uh, optimist or? Are you the the doom and gloomer or maybe a fan of another team? Do you hear the reports go, well, I can't stop the run on the outside because guys were busting big runs on the outside? Or do you go, you know what? That offensive line's really improved. They were creating big holes. They were creating space. And now we get a chance yeah. to see what a guy like Jarquez Hunter can do when he's got space, more space up the middle. It's hard for one guy to tackle him. It's hard for one guy to tackle Damari Austin. When he's got, I'll tell you, my maybe, you know, 1A, 1B in terms of takeaways. Damari Alston is a starter at a hundred FB, uh, at a hundred Division one programs. Sure. And probably 10 or 11 or 12 SEC programs. And so the, his usefulness, how many touches he's going to get in a given game. I think is one of the things to watch early in the season because I think the coaches really like him, obviously, and he produces. Yeah, the the market share of touches in the running back room is going to be fascinating, especially now that Jarquez Hunter is back and we can finally bury that story, I think. I think the balance of, okay, let's say you get 30 carries a game. How many does Jarquez get? Because you want him to get at least 12. I want him to get at least 12 to 15, Brad. Yeah. I want DeMar to get six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Brian Batty's involved. Does yeah. Jeremiah Cobb get left out? Do they try to redshirt him? Sean Jackson apparently, you know, is going to be set up for short yardage situations. 
And then, you know, your quarterback, you know, if it's not Robbie Ashford, you got to think Peyton Thorne's going to get three or four. Then if it's Robbie, I mean, it's going to be a lot more than that, you would think. So I just don't really know. I don't really know what the market share of touches is going to look like, Brad. And that's probably a good thing because there's a lot of good mouths to feed. You're right. And an interesting comment Coach Freeze made in his press conference Saturday he was asked about, uh, you know, with with your running backs being the strong room that they are, does that maybe change your offense? Or do you be a little more run heavy? And something that I've observed uh, about Auburn's head coach here in less than a year that he's been here, he's pretty candid. There's not a lot of I'm going to say this and it's just blatantly false. It's purely coach speak. He doesn't mind kind of giving it to you like it is. And his yeah. answer to that question talked about, you know, defenses are able to dictate a lot of times how much you run the ball. He's not big on just running into outnumbered fronts. And so uh, all of his plays typically, or the overwhelming majority of his plays, uh, have RPO plays. If it's a running play, there's a pass off of it. If there's a pass, then there's you know a run look to set up the pass, but you could hand it off and run. So uh, how much are they looking – how many carries will there be on a week-to-week basis Mm-hmm. In an offense, if defenses decide, let's stack the box and let's make some of these unproven at this level receivers win one-on-ones. Yeah, I mean, even though, even if they're going to stack the box and kind of force Auburn to throw it, there's still running back touches that have to be spread out. I mean, Brian Batty, I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons they brought him over. He's going to be an impact on special teams too. And, yeah. you know, he's going to really put a lot of stress on the defense. But he's a guy that you're going to throw to three times a game, at least, right? And then if they kind of force you to throw it, you know, maybe you do more bubble type stuff. Jeremiah Cobb was exceptional at that. Yeah. At the high school level, you got to think that he could be uh, an option there. Jarquez Hunter was a good receiver last year too when he was backing up Tank Bigsby. So even you're right. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. But the the touches still have to be divided, even if they're not handoffs, if they're passing attempts. And that's just going to be tough. That's going to be a tough decision to make when game plan time comes around. And, you know, UMass and Cal, I mean, that is what it is. But once you like head to College Station and once, you know, you, you, you host Georgia, I mean, that's, that's when it's going to kind of get tricky. And I think that's when we're really going to know what this coaching staff thinks about all these running backs. Yep. Uh, I'll say this, that the way the offensive line performed in this scrimmage, the way the running backs performed in the scrimmage, the way the receivers blocked on the outside as well, that that's a part of springing some of these runs on the outside. Um, I'm more confident. I wasn't, my confidence wasn't low anyway, but I'm more confident now in Auburn's ability to run the ball consistently um, this, this year in this offense. Yeah. Yeah. And that Brad goes the wrong way. Brad, it's preseason. Yeah. It's preseason time. It's here. It's yeah. here. And if folks want to get some picks, yeah. Well, they go? they go to lanceslock.com. Plain and simple, lanceslock.com. Right now is the time you get the best price on the monthly and the annual packages. Sign up today for the best deal at lanceslock.com. NFL preseason. Yeah, get involved in it today. Yeah. And look, it's hot. You want to wear comfortable comfortable gear and you can get top of the line golf gear and amazing hoodies for when it gets a little colder this fall by visiting roback.com use code tnr it stands for the next round tnr at checkout for 20 percent off you also get free shipping on your first order can't beat that 
Look, it sounds like you can't beat Auburn's defensive line depth. And I know we were just talking about Auburn struggling to contain the run. Basically, everybody I talked to, containment was the issue. It was more about assignments, not guys necessarily getting blown off the ball because it sounds like Jason Jones has had a really impressive camp. They've dubbed him as kind of the leader of this front seven, not just the defensive line, Brad, but the front seven. Lawrence Johnson is a guy that I keep hearing positive things about, Brad. He, he came over. From Purdue, he was here in the spring, didn't really make an impact, but they can't keep him out of the rotation based on how he's playing this fall camp. And then the third guy will highlight and, and, and kind of recap these first three, Brad, but Marcus Harris, obviously, um, I expected him to play defensive end, but it sounds like they like putting Keldrick Falk at defensive end so much that they're scooting Marcus Harris in to play more of that three technique. Those are three guys. Those are the three big guys that are going to be key in stopping the run when it's running between the tackles this yeah. year. You cannot give up. You can't get gashed on a consistent basis and win games consistently. Can't do it. So you need guys who will lead up space, who won't get pushed around, get moved. And, you know, Auburn brought in guys from Kentucky, from Purdue, Jason Jones back, Marcus Harris back. I think they like their size. I think they like their strength and they like their depth in the middle. And, in terms of defending the run, there were a couple of those bigger runs yesterday that I think, again, my my uneducated opinion from an end zone view, you know, far back, um, started out as called inside runs, just wasn't there. So it yeah. had to be bounced outside. You don't want to give those up, obviously, but you can't give up the run up the middle. And so if that means that Auburn is going to effectively plug the gaps up the middle and force guys to go to the outside, then you know, you, you got to have somebody on the outside make a play, but it's a good sign for the interior of your D-line. Yeah. Then Keldrick Falk is the guy that, you know, Auburn fans are so excited about, Brad. They're so excited about Keldrick Falk, and they should. He's a lone five-star. Rivals gave him that fifth star of the 11th hour to give Auburn a five-star prospect in this 2023 class. And, I mean, physically, I mean, he blew us away in spring. And then, yeah. you know, he works out at a college weight room for a few months, and he looks even better in uh, this fall camp. But they want to put him on the field in early as early as possible. Yeah. But my biggest thing is it sounds like he's a freshman still. I mean, yeah. he looks like Superman, but you know, he's still he's still kind of got his highs. That, you know, you're like, yes, yes, give it to me. And then the lows are, yes, he's still a freshman. It's taking him time. And it sounds like sounds like that was kind of the story for Keldrick Falk on Saturday. Yeah, and I don't think it's incredibly surprising. I'll also say this, that the second scrimmage this coming Saturday, I would expect some guys who had not been out on the field at Jordan-Hare to be more comfortable in the second scrimmage than they were even in the first. That's quarterbacks, that's defensive ends, guys in the yeah. secondary, tackling, ev everything I think will be more comfortable and a little smoother second scrimmage. It's what it's supposed to be anyway. Um, I, but I agree. Now, Auburn has had defensive ends make – a difference. They've made an impact as freshmen in the past. Corey Lemonier made his presence felt early on. Carl Lawson, you know, everybody expected the world out of him, and he was good his freshman year. Quentin Groves was good. Stanley McGlover was good. They weren't, they weren't, though, the disruptive game changer as true freshmen. Yeah, well, we're talking five or six sacks a season. I mean, that's not right. somebody you game plan for. Correct. Not initially. Mm -hmm. And I think at least according to the the coaching staff's comments and Coach Freeze specifically after the game, he's not going to be 
relied on to be the leader in the pass rush department. I thought his comments there were interesting about how the pass rush has changed really from the spring to the fall with some new additions there. Yeah, the new additions. I actually asked him that question, Brad, and, and, and he talked about uh, McLeod coming in from App State, who I think Auburn, you know, I think he's going to be the main guy rushing the passer for Auburn. In fact, I, I don't really know who else yeah. I feel comfortable saying that about other than him. But look, he gave some love to, to Steven Sings the fifth. And I think that's going to be a guy that I need to see more of. And it sounds like he's had a good fall camp. I've watched his tape at Liberty, which is where he was before. He's somewhat familiar with you know how, how Hugh Freeze runs a program, which is exceptional. I think that's great. But he wasn't a guy that blew me away when I watched his tape. He sat in the portal for a long time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But still, I, I do think it's a little interesting. It's worth monitoring. But Freeze was really high on him. Yeah. I haven't heard much else outside of that from Steven Sings the fifth throughout fall camp, but that answer was telling. I'll give you that. Yeah, McLeod and Sings, if if those are the guys now, here's what I don't know is is he is he saying that in the press conference? Again, I go back to the opening comments that he's he's pretty candid, just kind of tells it like it is. I do think there's some intentionality there though with these comments. Mm -hmm. Are these guys really one and two in the pass rush department, or is he getting somebody else's attention and he wants to push them a little bit harder this week so that they have a different outcome in Saturday's scrimmage? Who would he be calling out with that indirectly? Elijah McAllister? Possibly, possibly, but I'll tell you this, Elijah didn't have a bad scrimmage at all. Um, I think he got credit for a sack. It, it, you know, it's it's an orange jersey, no contact. Yeah. A it's tag. Yeah. yeah, right. He, he got a tag. but. He's been active, and we know about his verbal leadership. He's he's a coach on the field, so mm -hmm. um, you know whether that's Falk or McAllister, or one of the other guys, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, the big guys on offense. We haven't seen a whole lot of a rotation on the offensive line. It's been a lot of transfers that came in, went through spring, and yeah. we haven't seen a whole lot of a a whole lot of movement regarding personnel over the course of summer workouts into fall camp. You got your tackles. Yeah. Dylan Wade, the transfer from Tulsa. Gunnar Britton, the transfer from Western Kentucky. And Avery Jones, the center, the transfer from East Carolina. It's been the questions at the guard spots. Well, they bring Cam Stutz to Pro Day, or not Pro Day, to SEC Media Day. So it's like you got to think, okay, Cam Stutz is probably a starter. And that's what we've seen throughout fall camp so far. It's that left guard position where it seems like it's a battle between Tate Johnson and Jeremiah Wright, Brad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple of returners that are battling for that. And another telling answer from Coach Freeze Saturday. Um, I, I thought this was really interesting. I believe the exact quote was, uh, I don't really give a rat's tail who's first team or second team. We need all of them. You need four, five guys on the interior of the, of the offensive line. What's curious, does that mean we can expect to see everybody play week one against UMass in in series or on series when the game is in the balance. Um, and, you know, we're not talking about blowout type situations. Sure. Uh, or is he simply saying that, you know, for the general health of a team, you must have depth. We know you must have depth. And so it can't just be that a guy's first team and you depend on him to ride the entire season. You got to have guys who are ready to go in the event of injury. Um, or, you know, do we see a, do we see a merry go around? Do we see guys going in and out? Uh, of game of of uh, of series, I think that's very interesting to watch the first week or two. Yeah, I think you'll see a few of the positions that 
still have a battle going on, specifically left guard. I think you'll see some series that start with Jeremiah Wright. I think you'll see some series that have Tate Johnson. But all in all, yeah. I think that's your group, Brad. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot. I know we mentioned Jaden Muskrat before you and I clicked the record button, You know, another transfer yep. from Tulsa that you know, has played for Philip Montgomery. Uh, he's to me, seems like a next-year guy. I don't think he's necessarily a this-year guy. Could be wrong, but that's just yep. kind of my gut feeling. Because I don't think they're really rotating in and out a whole lot of guys with the ones in practice. I think that's your offensive line, with the exception of that left guard spot. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about true freshmen in the offensive line? Because Connor Liu has been getting praise, and you know he's gotten some first-team reps yeah. there in, the, in the middle, that keystone position of the offensive line. Worked in 2007. Auburn had two or three true freshmen in the offensive line in 2007. Center is such a pivotal position. How, how do you feel? If I tell you Connor Lou is going to start at center for game one, how do you feel about that? Uh, I'm asking what's wrong with Avery because yeah. Avery is really, really good. If Avery doesn't transfer and you tell me Connor Lou's starting, I think that's fine. I think it makes sense. I think Connor Lou's good enough to start. I don't think he's better than Avery Jones mm -hmm. right now. Um, I mean, Avery, I think, could be an NFL center. I mean, he passes the eye test for me. He's got to do it at the SEC level, but we've seen him do it you know, at his level of competition back at East Carolina. And we'll, we'll see if he can do it for Auburn. But I'm not panicking if Connor Lou has to start. I think it makes sense. I think he's good enough, Brad. But my question is, why is he starting? Where Where's where's right. the transfer you went after? And, you know, it sounds like he may have missed a few days of practice, but they're just kind of easing him back in. Yeah. But I'd be shocked. I'd be pretty surprised if Connor Lou started. I think Avery's probably makes sense to me to, to say that he's one of those guys that they know what he can do. They know what his ability is. And so, mm -hmm. you know, him being a little bit slowed is, is not as concerning. Kind of like a Javarius Johnson to move away from, from the beef for just a second. Sure. Uh, we've kind of wondered uh, loud and, and silently, where's, where's VAR? Where's number six? Um, limited a little bit by an injury, but Coach Free said he's been having a good camp up until that point. And so he had stitches around his mouth. That sounds yeah. painful. It is, I'm curious what exactly the incident was that, yeah. that caused that at practice. Maybe we'll dig into that when we, you know, when he's back out there. And they're not wearing helmets during the yeah. media window. Maybe he ran into somebody who was. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. So we'll we'll have to find out about Stitchgate 2023. Stitchgate and uh, and and look for number six back out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are there any names? Because I I said this last week. You know, Javaris Johnson's a guy that we haven't heard from, and I was surprised. Are there any guys that you thought we'd hear more of that we haven't this fall camp? Oh, that's a good question. I have a little bit of a bias toward watching the offensive side because, you know, that's just... It's I, easier to watch. Yeah, it is easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, the drills that they run make a little more sense to, to how they're going to connect to gameplay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, tight ends other than Rivaldo Fairweather, Maybe because that's a I like that room. Um, I think Mike O'Reilly can be, if not this, he's one of those guys who's not going to be a. He's not. I don't think have a half a dozen touchdown catches this year. Mm -hmm. But I, but I think Auburn is deeper than just Fairweather in the tight end room. We've yeah. heard a little about Luke Deal because he went to media days. He had the spotlight on him for a, for a minute. Um, but I haven't heard much from tight ends this fall camp other than you know other than Rivaldo. Yeah, I'll give you another one. Camden Brown's an interesting one. And now yeah. it sounds like he's battling some injuries and it sounds like he's been battling some stuff throughout fall camp. The way Hugh Freeze talked about his injury 
after the scrimmage on Saturday, he just kind of said he's had bad luck, which is unfortunate. You know, luck is a big part of staying healthy in a very violent game. Doesn't matter if it's practice or games or whatever part of the year it is. So that's um, that's unfortunate to me because it kind of seemed like he was in a situation to be a real winner mm-hmm. of, you know, Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery's style of offense. Yeah. But if you're not out there and you're not able to practice, you know, that that hurts you. And this year, there are other 6'2", 6'3", big body, strong receivers on the roster. They're just, you know, yeah. the, the guys in the, there are more guys in the pool now than, than there were last year. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, you want to give a rundown of what folks can expect from Blackerby and Brad moving forward? Absolutely. Four times a week, Zach, we're going to come to you to give us your, you know, our, our latest thoughts on what's happening with, with Auburn athletics. Obviously it's a, a football heavy time of year yeah. we're getting ready for, for the season opener, but typically on Sundays, then Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, we will come to you. And so we want to make sure that, uh, that you're with us, subscribe to the channel and uh, make sure you're notified every time a new episode of Blackerby and, and uh, Brad drops. Yep, and that Sunday show, we're anticipating it being a live show. So we'll mm-hmm. react with what you guys have to say. And, of course, you know, Sunday evenings will be um, – we'll have a lot of football to talk about. And, you know, we'll focus on Auburn, but we'll zoom out to the SEC and focus on other things happening throughout the Southeastern Conference. And I don't really expect that going away once basketball season starts either. We haven't gotten the um, the official word from uh, from leadership on that, but it, that, that's kind of, I, I think, an assumed thing that we'll kind of keep going for a big chunk of the year. Yeah, no question. I'm really looking forward to it and appreciate everybody's uh, support and their encouragement. Uh, again, subscribe to the channel. That's uh, Click that subscribe button. That is the best way uh, for now that you can show your support for Blackerby and Brad. Yes. All right. First episode done. I think it went okay. Be sure to follow Brad on socials at AU Brad Law. Follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. Until next time, this has been Blackerby and Brad.